0: You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Time for the second of my two Boston trip interviews. I was in Boston over the past weekend uh, to take in a Celtics versus Raptors game. And at first, you heard from Scott Morrison, an assistant coach of the Boston Celtics, and from Prince Edward Island. Now, today, you'll hear from Jamal McGlore. That's coming up in just a moment well he's known as the big cat Jamal McGlore is the first Canadian to ever play for the Toronto Raptors and only the second Canadian to ever make an NBA all-star team He's a national championship winner, and now basketball development consultant for the Toronto Raptors. Jamal McGlure is with me here in Boston, courtside just before the Raptors-Celtics game. Jamal, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. So uh, right now you're working with the Toronto Raptors on the play- player development side. Take me through what the uh, average day looks like for you.
1: Uh, we just try and get the guys in the best possible shape and uh, home in on, on some of the skills that they're having challenges with. and. Just trying to get them to become better basketball players and, and people as they mature in this league.
0: Now, some uh, NBA fans might take for granted the amount of Canadians in the league right now, and uh, the amount of players when you were playing was a uh, pretty low. Who did you look up to when you were starting the sport? Um, I looked up to a lot of guys
1: that played the same position I did. I, I watched Shaquille O'Neal a lot, Hakeem Elijah, and Chris Weber, just to name a few. and. Um, they were very
0: impressionable on me during that time. And then you ended up playing uh, for the University of Kentucky. What was recruiting like at that time? Oh, it was intense. Um,
1: I was heavily recruited coming out of high school, and um, Kentucky was one of those schools. Uh, the reason why I went there was an opportunity to play for a great program with a great coach at that time and Rick Pitino and uh, get closer to my goal, which was playing in the NBA one day.
0: What other schools were on your list at that time?
1: Uh, Syracuse and Purdue and Georgetown uh, were the other schools.
0: So take me through that uh, championship run with the Wildcats, what was that like?
1: It was a great experience, a great time. This year is our 20th anniversary, we won in 1998. um, So they're doing something special for us. Uh, But it was good, it was was challenging because we practiced twice a day for the last
0: three months of the regular season. But uh, looking back on it, it paid off. And uh, what was that? Uh, what was it like when that buzzer finally sounded and you guys had won? You know, winning is always great, but to win at that level, um, be the best
1: team in the country, is definitely one of the better moments I've had in my career.
0: I was just, you you took the question right from my mouth. I was going to ask you where that stands as far as uh, career moments. But uh, I understand that's where you got the nickname Big Cat. Tell me about that. Yeah,
1: um, they started calling me Big Cat because of the Kentucky Wildcats. and um, It's just a name that's stuck, and uh, that's where it
0: came from. Do people still use it nowadays? Yeah, they do. (laughs) And uh, take me to the night when you were drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. What was uh, going through your head when that happened? Um,
1: Just where I was going to end up. I didn't have any idea um, where I was going, uh, but I knew that I would get drafted at some point. And, uh, you know, being surrounded by my family and friends was uh, a great
0: experience, and to have them be a part of it was, was fun for me. And now I understand you predicted you would make the NBA in grade 8 through a yearbook. Could you uh, tell me about that? Yeah, I um,
1: you know, I had a yearbook, and one of the questions that they asked was, you know, in 10 years, where would you be? And, you know, I, I knew that um, I would have an opportunity to play in the NBA, and then that's what I put back then. Must be sweet to uh, look back at that. It is. It is. Um, and I'm glad it's happened. I'm humbled uh, that... It's, I was a part of this great association and uh, to be a part of it even after I stopped playing is is even better.
0: And then what was it like transitioning to the NBA game? What what did you find challenging that you might not have expected?
1: I think uh, just time management. I think the volume of games was the the biggest challenges I had uh, coming out of college and going into the NBA.
0: And uh, I'm sure uh, the uh, you don't get quite as much rest with the, uh, the NBA, I imagine. So what was it like? You became the second Canadian in NBA history to be an NBA All-Star. How did that feel? Great great
1: time, great feeling. Um, again, I brought my family with me to LA that year. And um, the way that we were treated was second to none. And again, that's one of the more positive experiences I've had as an NBA basketball player. You
0: have mentioned uh, taking your family with a few times. Why is that so important for you?
1: It's important because uh, they were my support system even before all of this uh, came about and uh, I really uh, respect and appreciate the sacrifices they made for me.
0: Now, uh, after the Hornets, you ended up bouncing around the league a bit. How did you kind of handle that, changing uh, different systems and different teams? Uh,
1: well, it was business as usual. You just try and be the best person and player that you could be.
0: and hope that you don't burn any bridges along the way and then you ended up uh, your last season was with the Toronto Raptors tell me about how that came about was that something uh, you had expressed interest in or
1: uh, well I've always admired Toronto from afar um, no matter what team I played on uh, Toronto obviously is a home team and um, I was a fan so th- th- to have an opportunity to, to play for for Toronto which is a great organization it's just uh,
0: even have to question it and uh, I'm glad that I did take me back to that uh, that very first game at the Air Canada Centre I'm sure you got a few uh, a few cheers from that
1: I did I did and I was happy and elated and um, looking forward to a lot more positive experiences as I grow in, in my career and coaching and and helping these young guys get better
0: and uh, we mentioned earlier how you were the uh, second Canadian to ever, and still uh, still only the second Canadian to ever be on an All-Star team. Tell me, who, if you had to make a prediction about the Canadians now, who do you think will be the next one to make an All-Star game? That's a great question.
1: There's so many good young players coming up. Uh, I've been following Andrew Wiggins a lot. He has a chance, um, but I, I, they all have
0: a chance as long as they continue to progress and, and get better. And you've had a, a you had a very experienced career what are you able to impart on some of these Toronto was a lot of young guys right now what kind of uh, advice do you give them
1: uh, let's give them advice about how to conduct themselves as a professional on the basketball court and the same thing off the court that's the biggest thing is just conducting yourself as a professional um, it's a job at the end of the day uh, we are happy and, and blessed to do something that
0: we love and
1: we got to not ever take that for granted.
0: And what's it been like this season, kind of adjusting the way the team has played? You, there's been a lot more uh, focus on threes. What's that been like from a player development side?
1: It's fun. It's fun to watch them play this way and, and the balls moving and everybody's getting a chance to shoot and make threes. So it's an exciting way of playing basketball.
0: All right, Jamal, thank you very much thank for you. taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Jamal McGlore courtside before the game between the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics at TD Garden. If you liked what you heard, please give this podcast a rating on iTunes and review and maybe share it with your friends. If you like to interact with me, you can send me an email. That's to Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Canada's Court. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening.